This episode of Voices in My Head is brought to you by Podbean. With Podbean, you can create professional podcasts in minutes without any programming knowledge. Best of all, everything is mobile-ready right from the start. Visit podbean.com voices to find out more. That's podbean.com voices. This is Rick Lee James, and the music you are hearing is from my new album, Thunder. The title track, Thunder, is a never-before-released song by the late Rich Mullins. There are also 12 other tracks made up of original music, hymns, and readings to guide the listener on a journey. You can buy Thunder today on clear vinyl and CD, or stream it on Spotify, Apple Music, and almost every other music streaming service. Thunder, hear it today at rickleyjames.com. Welcome to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of me, Rick Lee James. I'm a recording artist, a singer, a songwriter, an author, a worship leader, and an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene. The Voices in My Head podcast is where I discuss music, movies, books, pop culture, theology, and more with friends, colleagues, and sometimes just by myself. Now make sure to let me know what you think of today's episode by leaving me a review on iTunes, or by tweeting at me, at Rick Lee James on Twitter, And please join my mailing list at rickleejames.com where you can receive an email every time a new episode is released. And by the way, in case you're interested in a daily dose of kindness and encouragement beyond this podcast, I also run the Twitter account at MrRogersSay where I post daily quotes from Fred Rogers, one of the voices in my head. Well, I guess that's it for the intro, so sit back, relax, and listen to the latest episode of Voices in My Head. Welcome back to Voices in My Head. As always, I'm your host, Rick Lee James, and I'm so glad that you are listening to us again this week. It's great to have you here. Well, on August 30th, Venture 3 Media launched its Simple Hymns series with the release of the album Simple Hymns, Songs of Redemption. The project features such well-known worship leaders as Pat Barrett of House Fires, Chris McClarney of Jesus Culture, Lee Nash of Sixpence None the Richer, Dan Koch, Anthony Skinner, Aaron Keyes, and more. This 10-hymn album is available at iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, and more digital and streaming outlets globally. Here today to talk to us more about the Simple Hymns series is Steve Nicole, President and CEO of Venture 3 Media. Steve, welcome to Voices in My Head. Thank you, Rick. It's a pleasure to be here today. Well, it's a real pleasure to have you, and I appreciate you taking some time to be able to discuss this new project and what's going to be a series of projects. I'm very excited about it. Congratulations. Uh, It's it's always a big deal when a new project comes out, so we want to start by saying that. But what can you tell us about the Simple Hymns series and how this all came about? Very good. Well, um, I was presented the idea about a year ago from a close friend. Uh, We worked together at Kingsway Music for years, and um, we um, started Kingsway North America together, and uh, just a wonderful guy, John Hartley. And um, we've got over 80 songs recorded already in this simple hymn style. And the unique uh, thing about the brand is number one, it's a hymns focus, and Mm. um, also done very simply so that uh, most any worship leader could uh, perform them in their church or 
they're really beautiful for uh, just background if you're having devotions or you're uh, just want to reflect. They're not obtrusive in any way. They just kind of um, really blend um, some phenomenal lyrics from uh, usually from uh, well-known hymn writers such as Fanny Crosby and Charles Wesley. And um, that's really uh, something that is a thread through my life, mm. the hymns. I remember um, as a young guy gathering around the piano with my dad on the keyboard uh, playing piano and and all of us trying to find our harmonies and uh, and then a church and then choir. So hymns have been a part of my life for wow. quite a long time. That's terrific. And to be able to bring them now to a new generation that probably never experienced sitting around a piano singing hymns. Um, <clears throat> but the uh, embrace that we've had for these hymns from the millennials and young worship leaders has been just nothing short of uh, amazing. Hmm. They've, uh, there's something about uh, hymns that have stood the test of time that's, that's um, a real attraction, I think. When, when times get really difficult um, and the future seems um, somewhat um, shaky, uh, hymns can offer really kind of like an anchor for people where they, they, the focus is on the lyric. The lyrics really extol the unchanging nature of God. Mm. And I think those are things that are very appealing to uh, a broad selection, uh, broad demographic of, of the Christian community today. Uh, there's those of us that grew up with hymns that find this just to be tremendously nostalgic and uh, there's uh, so much of our faith that we carry in these hymns. And um, and then for this generation, there's an opportunity to, to take some of these lyrics and sort of revisit them and bring them into today's uh, musicality. A lot of the hymns, quite honestly, the way they were written would be almost impossible for, for you know, the average worship leader to, to play. Yeah, because the movements are so um, classically inspired mm -hmm. that um, they're just really difficult to play. Yeah. So bringing them to a guitar and playing them simply opens up a whole opportunity for those songs to live and breathe. Well, that's terrific, and and you know you're right. I was just thinking when you had said that that's been one of the struggles through the years. Um, it, it is often as as a leader of worship myself in my church, um, trying to bridge the gap between younger players and older players. At times, uh, often the older ones are more used to the classical hymn style, and the younger ones don't have any idea. And the never the twain shall meet. It seems like so. It's it's fun to listen to the way that you've kind of blended these things together in a way that makes it more accessible um, and songs of redemption it, it has a lot of of uh, fresh interpretations of classic hymns uh, just in this first release and you already mentioned that there are around 80 songs that you've already got recorded i wonder yes. what the i wonder what the selection process uh, was like when choosing hymns for these projects and kind of deciding which ones are going to make it on and and which ones maybe to, to save for another time or just not to do at all well i think that um there are songs that I think that we 
we listen to today and we go, that is just as relevant as it was 150 years ago. Hmm. And, um, and so that's an attraction to that lyric. Um, and sometimes it's, uh, it's really the worship leader that we have themselves. It could be somebody like Aaron Keyes or Lee Nash or somebody that just says, you know, I love this song. And so that really kind of brings that song into focus. And um, uh, most all of the video of them have videos as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, the wonderful part about that is for a worship leader to be able to see um, how that's being performed. And they go, yeah, those are chords that I understand that that I could do that. We have chord charts for every song. We have lead sheets. We have lyrics and we have multi-tracks too. So Mm -hmm. we're giving them, uh, the worship leader in particular, we're giving them all the tools they need to be able to do these in whatever setting. It could be a large church and um, that's a wonderful thing, but we really have a heart for the smaller church and the smaller churches that don't have um, the A-level players, they don't have the lights, they -hmm. don't have big sound systems, they can perform and play these songs, and uh, the, I believe the congregations will warm to them because there's a focus once again on lyric hmm. and uh, some of the depth of the lyrics that these people have because the lyrics were the focus, mm-hmm. um, and because some of these people were such gifted lyricists. Um, Fanny Crosby is one of the greatest songwriters of all times. As you know, as you know, she was. Uh, blind uh, when she was, I think, maybe five or six and just some sort of a, a bad medical uh, reaction she had and she became blind. And mm. because of that uh, blindness, she focused all of her attention on writing lyrics. And at some point she was asked, well, don't, wouldn't you like God to heal you? And she said, oh, no. She said that I would be too distracted from the mm. things God's called me to do. And that kind of devotion to a lyric is just stunning. And so many of these Fanny Crosby songs, believe it or not, have never had music put to them. Hmm. They were lyrics that were written, about 2,000 lyrics, and they were filed in a cabinet and um, never had music put to them. They've never seen the light of day. Hmm. And so I have to think in finding music for these uh, hymns uh, up up in heaven. I can just sort of picture in my mind's eye, Fanny Crosby just sort of smiling, thinking, well, finally, you know, someone will hear that lyric. Hmm. Wow. And that's, that, that honestly, it's all the things I've done in my life. I've been involved in music for 40 years. I think this is the most important thing I've ever done. And I'm just hmm. humbled that I have a role to play in this at all. Wow. That's a that's a powerful thought that you've shared with us this morning and and I hope uh, I hope Fanny is smiling. Ha- however that works in the afterlife and however yes, they see. That and uh, that's that's a beautiful story. Well, you know, hymns really have become popular again. I mean, in in some areas they've always been popular, but it, you're right, the younger uh, millennial age especially, there really is um kind of a thirst for the depth that's in hymn and 
And, and I just returned a couple of weeks ago from the Sing Conference uh, in Nashville that was at the Opryland Hotel, and there were over 13,000 people at that conference. And the emphasis, it was heavily upon hymns and getting congregations to sing hymns again. And they really emphasized not that your church be known for your band, but be known for your singing. And I really appreciated that. Um, all this is leading to this question. How do you personally... Uh, define what a hymn is? Right. Good question. Really, really good. Some are obviously um, have been written a hundred or more years ago. And so they've been involved in hymnals. And so that's an obvious uh, hymn. There are other songs. Uh, Anthony Skinner is, is a, a local artist in Nashville, and he's writing what I could only call modern hymns. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think the I think the uh, definition is in the lyric itself, um, because the lyric is the focus, and I think it's uh, songs that have a real substance, and they're um, it's it's not necessarily flowery, but it has got uh, a real um, true description of the character of God and our. Um, our response to his love. And um, it's um, a lot of focus is, it's completely vertical, obviously, but it really is extolling the nature of God as opposed to um, perhaps how God has worked out this situation in your life or hmm. some sort of personal testimony. Um, I think that, that those are characteristics. And I think too, the musical style um, plays a part of it as well. It's um, um, it's it's a music that um, has a has a melody mm -hmm. that um, can lend itself to um, to perhaps um, harmonizations that would be more traditional in a hymn. And um, it, it's it's uh, it's a great question, but I can, you can hear it when you hear it. Yeah. You know, but um, uh, I think that there are modern hymn writers today. I, I always thought that Twyla Paris, in a lot of ways, was a modern hymn writer in her day. Yeah. She wrote some just beautiful songs that um, definitely would make a hymn, hymnal if it was if they were doing modern hymnals today. Sure. Yeah, she is great. You're right. And I, I always am interested in, in people's response to that question. Uh, in fact, I released an album a few years ago with Lifeway Worship called Hymns, Prayers, and Invitations. And they weren't all like old hymns. Some of them were new things that I had written or things taken from just different poetry. And um, and I'm, I'm always fascinated by what the definition is. I've, I've found sometimes people, when they say, sing a hymn, they actually mean a Gaither song. You know, yes. <laughs> it depends on it depends on on uh, who you're talking to when you're talking at times but I do love the versatility the versatility of hymns so much and I think one thing that that often makes so many of the hymns so versatile is that the poetic meter that they were written in so that they could be reinterpreted and reimagined I, I think maybe we forget that um, especially, let's take maybe some of the hymns from from Charles Wesley uh, who maybe didn't uh, have music necessarily at the time of it being written. It really was written in this poetic meter, and then tunes were put to it, 
And a song like And Can It Be, you can go to different hymnals and find multiple uh, melodies to that song. And it fits yeah. so well because of the way it was written in that meter. And so that's why I really uh, appreciate what your artists are trying to do on simple hymns. Because I really do think that these hymns uh, are are becoming more accessible when we realize um, the music isn't necessarily the sacred part. These lyrics, as you have already referred to again and again, uh, really do stand the test of time. Yes. And I think that's terrific. Um, maybe you could highlight for us, uh, just in your descriptions, and, and we're going to be playing the music throughout the show, just little clips and samples from Simple Hymns, Songs of Redemption. But I wonder if you could highlight for us some of the great moments or maybe some of your favorite moments uh, on this new project. Well, very good. Uh, yeah, Pat Barrett is uh, from House Fires and uh, just a wonderful worship leader. And... Um, he chose to do Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. So you've got a phenomenal lyric that has got to be one of the most famous songs of all time, Amazing Grace. Mm. But then you had Chris Tomlin and Louis Giglio who added uh, a chorus to the song that takes it into uh, more of a, a format that would be you'd see today. But... And it brings a freshness to that song and carries it into uh, another generation that'll, that'll be singing that song, but not in a traditional form. It'll have um, a chorus that um, uh, will, uh, I think, really complement you know, the, the phenomenal lyrics and mm -hmm. the story behind that song, too, John. It's just an amazing thing. And so people even just look into his story as a result of hearing that song, that would be a wonderful thing, too. My chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. Stuart Town and I would consider him and Keith Getty, and you mentioned Keith Getty's event in Nashville. Mm -hmm. um, they are modern hymn writers, obviously too, and um, they've written some songs together that have that we've done. And then Aaron Keyes has written uh, with Stuart Town and too. He's written a song called Psalm 62, which is um, another wonderful way to to uh, bring about a focus on lyric is to sing scripture, obviously. I don't think there's much better you could do. And singing from the Psalms is such a natural thing. So Aaron has put a wonderful, uh, with Stuart Town and a uh, wonderful lyric together for, uh, a melody together for Psalm 62. It's definitely a high point for me. My soul finds rest in God alone, my rock and my salvation, a fortress strong against my foes, 
and I will not be shaken. Though lips may bless and hearts may curse, though lies like arrows pierce me, I'll fix my heart on righteousness. I'll look to Him who hears me. Oh, praise Him, hallelujah, my delight and my reward, everlasting, never failing, my Redeemer, my God. I would say that one of my favorite singers, female singers, has always been Lee Nash. There's mm-hmm. a character to her voice. <clears throat> that um, from that song that you know it's gone around the world, "Kiss Me." Yeah, yeah. Uh, there she goes. You know, that's she's just got such a wonderful voice, but she's got a real passion for hymns. And mm-hmm. uh, I did it with Kingsway. I did a, an album with her where she did a hymn, a hymns album for us. Um, and so she's just, it's just part of her nature to uh, she just loves the the hymns lyrics and to reinterpret them. Hmm. And so she took the song blessed redeemer and uh, just did a, a wonderful job of reinterpreting that. And and that's a good example of, you know, if you take the original tune that, that most people, if they know that hymn would be familiar with uh, it's, it's almost one of those, I, I call them like carousel songs cause it almost has a da, 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 you know, a lot of the, yeah, go, yeah. <laughs> a lot of the songs. Uh, and, and her version doesn't sound like that at all. I don't know that right. necessarily people who hear it would even think, oh, that's a hymn or, you know, yes. something from the book. And again, it's the beauty of the way those songs were written and how versatile they can be. And then you get somebody talented like Lee Nash in there and that's when the magic starts to happen for sure. So before we have to end our time together, there are some some great music videos which you've already uh, talked about just a little bit. But for almost every song on the album, 
I think this is a unique thing that people can go online to YouTube and actually watch these songs being performed by the artist or sing along. Yeah. Um, and the videos, like the songs, they, they are acoustic and they're simple and they're pared down. Yeah. Um, and, and as you'd said, that was a real, um, that was a real point uh, of uh, an important point for you uh, to have them in this simple manner uh, for like small churches, correct? Exactly. Uh, you know, it's it's a very easy trap to fall into trying to get be clever uh, when you've got a great uh, group of musicians and you've got uh, producers that uh, have produced amazing uh, music. Um, so the discipline to actually be simple. Is, is actually a little bit goes against nature in some ways for, yeah. for players. But knowing that how important it was that they could make these songs accessible for uh, most anyone to be able to play along with and to be able to, uh, to replicate in their own church. Or for, for background devotional, you don't want a lot of... Um, you know, intricate, clever playing with key changes and all kinds of things that musicians love to do. <laughs> um, that that was a uh, a real um, a real upfront decision that we would keep these really simple and playable and singable and keep the even keeping the vocal within the range of most people. Um, and I think that. Uh, the very nature of a sing-along means that you have to have keys that people, most people can sing along. Yes. And yes. so that was another important factor. Yeah. Well, they're great, and, and I really appreciate that. And it also helps for musicians that maybe uh, just need a little inspiration. How could we do this on Sunday morning to just look at those videos and, you know, try to figure it out? So I appreciate what you've done, uh, not only just with the, the audio recording, but the videos really are a help, especially in the day and age that we're in, for sure. Yeah. Well, you know what? We're just about out of time, at least here on my end, so I'm going to try to wrap it up today. But I do have one more question for you today. These songs that have made uh, the album, Simple Hymns, Songs of Redemption, uh, these are songs that really are about the majesty and the greatness of God. And I wonder if, if you have learned anything new personally about the majesty and the greatness of God, just through the process of kind of combing through these songs, listening, the process of recording, and, and all that's gone through, has there been anything that has been a learning moment for you? Yes, a phenomenal question. The actual title, Songs of Redemption, was a light bulb moment for me. Hmm. Um, you don't hear that word being used very often in worship music today. Um, but people that grew up during slavery understand what redemption is. And mm. Fanny Crosby was a huge proponent of abolishing uh, slavery. She was spoke to the Congress and to presidents uh, and lobbied heavily to get wow. slavery removed from, uh, from the United States back in that day. And that term redemption, having been redeemed, yeah. uh, is a theme that is so heavily used in hymn, hymn writing 
but it's absent today. So one of our strategies was to bring some attention to what redemption means. Mm. And perhaps that's, um, that's, a, that's a gift in itself for people to understand what our redemption means when, uh, when our sins are forgiven and we're made free. Mm. The freedom that comes with that is um, in this day and age, it had a really strong, powerful meaning. And today, I don't think we understand that the way they did. And so mm. let's bring that into focus. So that's really something. Yeah, man, what a great answer. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I, I'm going to have to read up some more. I've always known the music of Fanny Crosby, but I really didn't know that part of her story, that she yes. was uh, so instrumental in, in the ending of slavery in our nation. What a what a powerful story. Phenomenal. Yeah, there's there's certainly books you could read or Wikipedia. Um, I, I really hope someday somebody makes a movie on her life. It, yeah. it, she's just uh, been such a hero. Wow, that's terrific. Well, this has been a real pleasure to be able to talk with you today, and I'm so uh, I'm so honored to get to share some of these songs here on the Voices in My Head podcast, and uh, thank you for sharing some of the stories that go along. Uh, for those who are listening today, I just want to remind you that you can visit the website at www.simplehymns.com. They also have a Facebook page and a Twitter page and an Instagram page and also the YouTube video that we spoke of and I'm going to make sure that we have links to all of these pages on my site at voicesinmyheadpodcast.com so if you're listening uh, and you just want to click on the show notes you should be able to go right there and find all the information that you need about these great songs we've got um, every five or six weeks we're going to have a new album oh terrific uh, so the next one is October 4th um, which is Songs of Worship and uh, we've got uh, Songs of Refuge, another interesting topic, uh, Refuge from the Storm. You, you know how that theme is such a powerful theme in a lot of hymn writing. Sure. And it's because, you know, when there's uh, plagues and all kinds of um, uh, turbulence and um, what they were dealing with, um, they, they needed to seek refuge. Today, that's a that's a sort of a theme and a thought that we don't really kind of relate to that often, but yeah. that was another interesting one. And songs of communion and Christmas and Easter. So. Oh, that's terrific. Well, maybe we can have you back again to talk about some of those as they release. So, Steve Nicole, president and CEO of Venture 3 Media, thank you so much for being one of the voices in my head this week. Thank you, Rick. appreciate it so much. There's a wideness in God's mercy 
visit me on my website at rickleejames.com where you can find out more about me, get my music on vinyl and CD, follow my blog, and even schedule me for a concert or a speaking engagement. Better yet, even a book signing in your neighborhood. You can find all that and more at rickleejames.com. Also, it would mean a great deal to me if you could write a review of this podcast on iTunes. The more positive reviews that we receive, the more visible this podcast will be online. And now, for the benediction. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. God bless you, and thank you for listening to Voices in My Head.